Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Blue and Gold Make Darlene. They tell you about the Hockey Podcast Network. Goddamn right we are. You know, there's an entire network. It's not just Blue and Gold Make Darlene. There's 31 podcasts, one for every NHL team. From terrible, horrible teams like the Boston Bruins to some of the best teams in the league like the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. And with that being said, if it's a terrible team or if it's a great team, no matter what, you are able to get two episodes a week from all of the hosts. New episodes come out every Monday and Thursday with new content covering everything from the latest that's going on with everyone's respective teams all the way through to doing more fun things like the many trivia games that Taylor and I have on our show. That's right. Hot content, hot takes, hot hosts. Hot hosts. You got it everywhere. Uh, and you you can find them pretty much anywhere you find your podcast. Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, if you're one of those weirdos like me that uses Stitcher. You use even, Stitcher? I do. Strange. I think I'm the only one who does. Okay. And even at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com if you're looking for some more info. There's a whole website that's that you right. could go check hey, out. Maybe it's getting to that point of the season where you're getting sick of the Sabres. I know some of us are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this again. West Coast uh, trip is about to be tough. Maybe you want to check in on some of your other favorite teams if you're one of those kind of guys. Absolutely. Well, they're all available and they're all easy to find. Gosh darn right. So be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network once again at their website at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. And be sure to follow on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of our newly named podcast, Straight Up Sabres. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And uh, as you may have seen on our social media platforms uh, last week, we announced that we have a new name. Uh, the podcast formerly known as Blue and Gold Make Darlene was peacefully laid to rest uh, this past Friday and made way for a new name uh, for our podcast, which once again is Straight Up Sabres. Um, straight up not having a good time Straight up right not now. having a good time. <laughs> but uh, we have not touched base with everybody in a while. It's been several months. I don't think we really had an episode since probably like, what, April maybe? No, it's after that. April, okay, maybe May then? Yeah, something like that. Okay, somewhere around there. But it's been months. It's been a while. Um, and in that time, there has been actually a lot of news with the podcast, along with the name change. And so uh, along with just wanting to you know, get a new episode out, reconnect with everybody, let you all know that we, in fact, are still alive, uh, we wanted to take this time to talk a little bit about the changes happening with the podcast, what all of it means, how it all kind of came together. Uh, and then, you know, after that, we'll talk about some of the recent Sabres things and the Stanley Cup potentially being almost over, or pretty much being over, maybe, knock on wood, who knows. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's start off with, with the changes and everything. So why don't we go back to uh, our, our new presenting affiliate. Uh, would you want to go into that story at all, Taylor? Well, uh, Buffalo Fanatics, uh, they've been mostly in the past few years in on the Bills, covering the Bills. Built an excellent following locally, for yes, sure. Yeah, so you've probably heard of them if you're a, a Buffalo sports fan. But they're looking to move into the Sabres, so they're going to be uh, co-presenting our podcast with the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, so we'll be one of their 
hockey shows. I believe they're doing more than one. Yeah. So, I, I th- so pretty much what had happened, going back a bit, we had gotten uh, reached out to by them saying that they were looking to kind of dive into the Sabres a bit more um, because they're just kind of expanding their content outside of, of Bill's content. And so from there, um, you know, from the get-go, they were really cool about everything, very understanding of our current situation because, of course, it goes without saying, you know, we love the Hockey Podcast Network. We love being a part of it. Um, but we also thought that this would be a really cool opportunity. So we wanted to see if there was a way that we could, you know, take these two insanely cool platforms, um, one that we're already a part of, one that we have had the opportunity at the time to be a part of to see if we can kind of make something work. Um, and, you know, uh, I think if I could speak on behalf of both of us that we, we can't give enough credit and thanks to, um, you know, the folks from Buffalo Fanatics and along with uh, our bosses with the Hockey Podcast Network for being incredibly, like, cool, understanding, open lines of communication and helping us get to a point where after a few weeks of kind of back and forth negotiations, we kind of got to a place that... Uh, there was an agreement that we would be able to continue on with the Hockey Podcast Network while also having our show co-presented by them. Um, so now, instead of being a part of one super awesome network, we're a part of two super awesome networks. So. And that's right. Because we are part of two networks now, we're actually adding a third host. Yes. Uh, that's right. It's Joe Rogan. <laughs> you can believe that. <laughs> we're going to... He's gonna ask like uh, our many guests if they've ever tried DMT. <laughs> yep. What do they think about like the Dyatlov Pass incident? Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that. So we're really excited to have him on. He'll be there here next week. He's kind of busy doing whatever his other podcast whatever is. He and does UFC stuff and being gigantic and bald, <laughs> weirdly getting bigger every year, even though he's like fifty. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, he'll be here next week. So really Actually, the show is that. just really turning into a new new season of Fear Factor. We're bringing it back with oh, Joe yeah. Rogan. Um, no, we, uh, I mean, this is, this is awesome. I think it's going to lead to some cool opportunities. We're going to have some cool new guests on. Um, you know, as we all know, we're about a month out now from the NHL draft and then free agency as well starting. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, any, any last thoughts with regards to the, uh, our new network affiliate partner pals? No, just excited to uh, to get going. But yeah. we also have a new name. We do have a new name. Even though our other name, you know, is very near and dear to us. Uh, took Quite. literally fucking hours to come up with. Yep. But honestly, it's not great for SEO or searching in general. Like, I mean, if you know it, you like it. But if you were just looking for a Sabres podcast, you'd never find... You'd never search... I mean, let me just, you know, search for Dallingen's name yeah, or something right. like that. Which, Rasmus, we know you're a big fan of the show, and we just want to say, you know, it wasn't anything personal. There weren't no. any hard feelings there. Like, we love you still. Man, but um, win a Norris, and maybe we'll convince some people to change it back. That would be <laughs> awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, that I, I will say, though, you know, I think uh, Blue and Gold Make Dallingen was a, was a great name, and I think that uh, in the, you know, former podcast name Hall of Fame, um, I think it, it certainly deserves its place there. If not yeah. there, at least maybe like a rafter in the stands at <laughs> KeyBank Center. I, uh, uh, <laughs> I think we're going to try to follow in the footsteps of the 2007 Anaheim Ducks, 2008 Tampa Bay Rays. Just immediately have a huge uh, turnaround great season after changing a name. Great show of success is on the way for us, I think. Yes. yes. So and now yeah. the Sabres, too. Hopefully for them, too. Yeah, so now we're straight up Sabres because, yeah, we're just... Straight up not having a good time. Uh, no, we just thought it was a cool name. I thought it worked. It has the Sabres name in it. So uh, 
we kind of came to that point and we're we're happy to have a new name and not have to worry about changing our name again until next year hopefully no i'm just kidding this is going to be our name for a while yes yes this is this is our new name so we're we're super hyped about it um but i mean with that being said though uh the sabers are well they 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 straight up made a move Yes. With Minnesota, that was... One for one. One for one, yes. Um, So Marcus Johansson going to Minnesota, him and his, I believe, $4.5 million cap hit. And in return comes Minnesota's first-line center, Eric Stahl. Um, Crazy trade, out of nowhere. Just just a crazy, crazy trade. Uh, I think it definitely shocked a lot of people for a number of reasons uh on the one hand it definitely from like a non-buffalo fan point of view i mean even from a buffalo fan point of view um seemed like a pretty lopsided deal in favor of the sabers um now people were making the argument that well johansson is a little bit younger um even but he has yeah, he doesn't play like it he doesn't play like it and he has a higher cap hit and is less productive uh, Eric Stahl is two years removed from a forty goal, seventy point season. Yeah. This year he was going to he was going to surpass fifty points, maybe hit sixty points. Um, I, I mean, he's definitely lost a step in terms of his skating ability, but clearly, if you're thirty five and you're still putting up fifty plus points, you can still play. Um, this yeah. is not a Patrick Bergeron situation at all uh, just want to make that clear for everybody so in oh the other side of it though for what caught people a bit off guard uh you know some very sour memories from a, a certain playoff series that happened um 14 years ago sadly 14 years yeah. ago uh, well, so Taylor, what are your your thoughts? I guess just like in total well, about this. Obviously, deal? the first thing I tweeted was my initial thought from our account, which is like, ah, damn it, we got to cheer for Eric Stahl. <laughs> Which I mean, it's just high. It's just that's a, that really. We've talked about it so many times on our podcast. We're basically a 2005 to 2007 Sabers podcast. Yeah, pretty half much. Half the time, uh, it, very scarred from those. That days. series really hurts, and that's one of the three best chances the Sabers ever had to win the cup. And Eric Stahl was uh, a big driving force behind them not winning the cup. Yep. So that that part's tough. It's it's kind of hard to let that go. The other thing is you know, but he's like. Good, as we mentioned here. I mean, the, the way that there's basically... I don't want to put this. It's not a fair trade at all. No, not at all. And it's almost hard to uh, even think about what the thought process was. And honestly, Bill Guerin might have gave away the game when he said, I just needed to make a move. We needed to make a move. That's a terrible way to think about things. Just to shake up the room or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it's so good to see the Sabres just, just win a trade like that. Especially since we didn't know at all what to expect from Kevin Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of us had low expectations, and still do. The lowest. That's, that's a really good first move. That's that's It's the kind of thing that makes you go like, ah, oh, maybe he's smarter than some of these other GMs. Like one of the, my big things in sports, I think, is you should trade with dumb GMs whenever you have the opportunity to. Unfortunately, we've had some of those dumb GMs. Yeah. <laughs> Namely, uh, a giant-headed guy who got fired last year. I don't remember his name. But never heard of him. I I don't think Adams is going to be like, you know, Toe Blake or I don't know mm-hmm. one of the like Steve Eiserman's probably a more modern example. I don't think he's going to like revolutionize hockey. But this is the first step towards you know not sucking, which I would maintain the Sabers are pretty close to not sucking if they would simply you know do a couple things. Yeah, and one of those things is get a decent second line center, uh, even if for one year. I mean, honestly, you can't just. 
What Bottrell did that was very annoying a couple years ago is rely on either Patrick Berglund or Casey Middlestat to be the second line center. It's a terrible idea. One of those guys uh, is awful. Actually, they're both awful. Yeah. <laughs> one of those guys was yeah. like two years removed from playing high school hockey. So this and the other one had like cement for feet. Pretty yes. Much. So they're not going to just be like, oh, Dylan Cousins is ready. Dylan Cousins can just come in and play center. So we're not worried about something like yeah. that. Yeah. He can maybe he makes the team. I don't know. I think he will. He I think Cousins is as close to a lock as you could probably yeah. get at this but point. It's better off uh, being on the third line, especially since the Sabres haven't had a third line mm-hmm. in quite some time. And True. then the one of the most important aspects of this is Skinner. Uh, Skinner had a real, real maybe down the most important. Honestly, he needs a center he can play with. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of. Um, I think we both kind of agree that Eichel does. I don't want Eichel playing with the best players in the team uh, because he can be. Really good. He can just carry a line by himself. He's mm-hmm. one of very few guys in the league that can do that. So you have the advantage of you can like you know how Sidney Crosby basically played with. I don't want to say bums, but like what Connor up, Connor Sheary? Yeah, who is he's bum? But other guys like Pascal Dupuis, <clears throat> right? Or man, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. His his dude, uh, who we got on Team Canada. It was his winger forever. You know what I'm talking about? It was a winger for like ten years. He won the Stanley Cup with Anaheim, and then like. Three with Pittsburgh. Oh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, yeah, we're both blanking. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. So that's that's really what I want is uh, a complete team. That's that's one of the things I would get at. That that's how the Sabers uh, be, could become a playoff contender, even just a playoff contender. Is just not icing one line every game. That's awful. Mm-hmm. So this moves you towards that because maybe you could have Dylan Cousins at a better third line. The second line should be much improved with an actual center, not playing someone out of place like Johansson was. Mm-hmm. So that's a good move. Oh, yeah. I, so where I'm at right now with this move, um, I, you know, you touched on a lot of the points there. But really, I mean, this is the one thing that has been plaguing this team for pretty much like the past like two years. Pretty much since the O'Reilly trade. Like it was this was a glaring hole. Yeah. You know, Middlestat was put in a position where he was just flat out not going to be able to succeed. Um, you know, going back two years ago when they just kind of like thrust the second line center role onto him. Yes. So now, you know, you have a guy and you that... you shouldn't be thrusting anyone on mm-hmm. such a, a young and innocent boy. Mm-hmm. Clearly not. Yeah. Um, but now, though, you get a guy that, for one, even though they weren't very common line mates, you have familiarity there with yes. Jeff Skinner. Um, they know each other well. They're friends. So that's good. That at least gives you a basis for some chemistry there. Um, you know, a glare, like the most glaring hole. And now it really opens you up to have some fun with some of the limited assets that we have. And you have to now, you know, you shave off a million and a half in cap, half in cap space. Now is where your next move, like this is a good start. Like we said, yes. like the expectations were unbelievably low, but he, I will admit like this was a home run for Kevin Adams. Now though, you need to look ahead. And I think we can kind of transition here into you know, what the stall move means for the rest of the team now in terms of filling out yes. the rest of the lineup. So at this point, um, you know, get Cataract Carter Hutton. He's got to be out of here. Cataract I know people Carter. are talking. Well, I mean, what? Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. Half, a, a Trumpian nickname right well, I mean, sorry. My bad. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> sorry. Cataract Carter. Oh, he can see. All right. The guy with the middle, he was half blind half the season last year. Anyways, though, yeah, it might be with his position, might slightly be a problem. So now you can immediately look 
to you know whether that's buying him out or if you can make a trade and somehow get somebody to take on the last year like of his contract and just have somebody else bury him in the AHL because you're not going to do that here. Um, you know, Ukapekalukanen is going to be the guy in Rochester next year, and behind him you're going to have um, Jonas Johansson. So like that's they're they're set in Rochester in yeah. goal right now. Seems Allmark like- you can keep. He's going to be he's going to get a qualifying offer. We'll see what they sign him to. Probably like a two year deal. Um, I, I would, would prefer assume, one. or one. Who knows? Yeah. But so that gives you some options there. And again, like you can look to. You know, like I am so all on the Darcy Kemper slash Jacob Markstrom train for, I think, for the direction that they should go with goalie. Do we know um, what Vancouver's going to do? We don't, but I mean, I would have to probably assume that they're going to move on from Markstrom because of how good Demko looked towards the end. Even yeah. though Markstrom was great the first part of the playoffs and is a huge reason why they got through their first two series. Or, right, they made it to the two series, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they, they yeah, made the right. game seven in the second yeah, round. Yeah, so they, I, I mean, that they, you know, and so... Um, he was great, but then Demko came along. He stepped in, and I mean, for forever now, Demko has kind of he's been the guy that's supposed to take over in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, so I'm all on that train. But beyond goalie, then um, you know, now there's definitely going to be a hole at left shot. There already is a hole at like left shot defenseman. If we can get like a nice second pairing guy, if you can. Then uh, you we're also probably going to need, realistically, it would be great if we can get like a nice second line right winger. Just like if you could get somebody like really established and solid, I think that would be great just because I don't know if we want to try and put Tage Thompson in that role right now. Um, you know, Cousins, I think you probably are going to want to try and roll with center at first. Um, but the other thing, too, that just like to kind of wrap up my general like view of this team is that this extra million and a half dollars that you just freed up. Why not use that on trying to keep Johan Larson here? Like, that's an interesting million and a half dollars could potentially be the difference between keeping him here and him hitting the open market if you can kind of like tack that on potentially. It depends on what the number is, it depends on what he wants. Because if we're talking about something that if he wants, like, I don't know what like a gaudy number would be, what like probably like four million dollars, like it would be ridiculous, but like. If, you know, I'm willing to pay him a couple million dollars considering his importance um, and the minutes he eats up, the important draws he takes, and then what he's able to do, too, on the penalty kill. I mean, Larson has really shown his value. And at the very least, too, you know, let's not forget the fact that he also was pretty serviceable when he's had to get moved around the lineup this past season, He's their best second-line center last year. Yeah. Oh, my God, he was. So you, by making this Eric Stahl move open yourself up to so much flexibility now and you still have Risto and Montour who are potential should be trade pieces um who knows what they do if we see Middlestack get thrown into a deal who knows if they're what they think about Thompson because those two even though they've underwhelmed they definitely still have value so you know looking at where they're sitting now with Eric Stahl sitting there as their second line center I mean what do you make of of what has to come next for the Sabres all right well let me start with this Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz. Great That's point. Right. How did I forget? Chris I was thinking Kunitz. Patrick Hornquist at first, and I no, yeah, he, Chris they, Kunitz. Uh, they moved on from him. Anyway, uh, so did he get traded Kunitz. yet? Actually, remember that was like going to get vetoed. Oh, also, yeah. okay, time yeah. out. You know what? You know what? Kevin Adams' next move needs to be every Green waking Morgan, moment. Every waking moment that that dude is conscious, he needs to be calling Jim Rutherford 
Yes. To make a trade. Yes. You need Jim to. Jim Rutherford's not a bad GM, but he is making some awful trades. Give me Brian Rust. If you're not yes. going to – they just re-signed um, – oh, my God, I'm totally blanking. Who did I, I – I, I had talked about them a while back, but he's somebody that everybody wanted the Sabres to get, and they just re-signed him. Um, um, the Penguins did? Yeah, the Penguins just re-signed him. Um, hmm. Oh, my Connor God. Connor Sheary. No, yeah, <laughs> Connor Sheary, right. No, um, oh my god, give me a second here, folks. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Um, not Bri- Jared McCann, that's ah, who I was thinking yeah, yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. I wanted so, I mean, if he's gonna be there though, I mean, they also just picked up Kasperi Kapanen. So, if that moves like they got Rod- him back, yeah, yeah. So, if you could do that, or you know what, just like go for it and just do like a nice little like Risto for Jake Ensel kind of thing, you know. Absolutely. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you can just, like, get Rutherford to go into that. You because know, why in the world would you take on Mike Matheson's contract? Why, 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 why? Love. Horrible contract. Yeah. And they just, like, I don't think it. they can afford Risto. I don't know how much Gensel I don't know. It. Anyway, to get back to what we were talking Sorry. about. Sorry. So, as uh, you were saying, though. So, Larson, who I uh, am on the record, I want him back, uh... Do you do you take their Lazar signing as a, this is our fourth line center? No, I take that as I mean, because Gergensen is going to be gone. So I mean, in my mind, you could realistically still have a fourth line that's Lazar, Opozo, Larson. That's an upgrade. That's a good Slight fourth upgrade, line. Yeah, I like that. And then I mean, your third line at that point would probably have to be Cousins, Tage. And good lord, come on! Does it have to be? I mean, probably. Yeah, which isn't bad. I mean, I, I'm, you know what? I'm not there on middle step, but I am. I, I want to be on the record and say that I am a very, very low key, not high expectation believer. Though, oh, Dominic Cahoon too. We forgot about also believer Ooh, though. Yeah. In Tage Thompson, so potentially your third line could be Cahoon Thompson Cousins, which that's. Depends on a lot of things. You know, see how it goes, but that could be that could be pretty nice. Um, but I I do think Tage Thompson is going to be at least better than Casey Middlestat, and I think that I wouldn't mind them trying to give Thompson like an opportunity to like stick in the top six because I don't know. I think he was. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like he was blowing the doors off in Rochester, but he did look improved there. Um, and obviously we don't know how he's going to be coming back from an injury, but I think that if he's able to put it together with like using his form and just his ginormous large adult body, like if he can kind of fully know how to utilize that and then just get some consistency to his just insane raw skills that he has in terms of his shot and his stick handling abilities, because like he has high end both like for both of those yes if he can kind of like reel in that and have some consistency there and learn how to use his body property properly i think he's gonna be really good but anyway sorry i did not mean to interrupt there go ahead then uh yeah i still need to see it with tage but yeah the way i'm looking at the team this year is uh i think there's endless not endless but there's a lot of possibilities because like almost no one signed like we don't even know if we're gonna have sam reinhardt next year don't honestly which i hate to even say don't uh, but there's almost no one forward-wise that's even signed. And meanwhile, uh, the defense, we would figure that Risto and Montour are on the market. We don't know that. Yeah. You would figure that Adams is trying to work something out that way. Right. And then, you know, as you mentioned, uh, it seems kind of untenable to bring back Cataract Carter. Cataract Carter. 
Yeah. Sorry. So about that, that feels that all of that feels no disrespect uh, to Carter Hutton. Like a lot could change, and the, one of the other uh, big uh, unknowns is when is the season going to start? We don't know that. It's a great question. The the draft hasn't happened yet. Free agency hasn't happened. Stanley Cup maybe could end tonight. Potentially. No, is it tonight or is it tomorrow? Well, when people are listening, this oh, tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a smart man. Real pro move. My bad. Yeah. My bad. I'm showing my amateurness. <laughs> Go ahead, though. Okay. Amateurness. Amateurness. Yes. Amateurity. Um, yeah. Let's. I mean, so I. There's so much they can do. So at the very least, Kevin Adams has a lot of opportunity to remake the team. And meanwhile, there are, if you think that Sam Reinhardt's back, then the most of the core is in place. Yeah. Uh, with the possible exception of Risto. What but, are your thoughts on them adding like a, a winger potentially, like a good winger, like via trade? I think they should try to add a bad one and a good one to balance oh, things good. out. Good, I think that's a good call. Do you have anybody in mind who you'd like to see them target at all? Still, no, I haven't really thought about that too much. I guess. Uh, I do wonder, given how their playoff "quote unquote" run went, if Winnipeg would be amenable to a wrist line and trade now. I hope so. Yes, because then there's no shortage of. Well, there is a shortage, but I've been seeing Line's name getting thrown around. Yeah, I don't know what's up with him. He was like good this year, though. He was like back, and if I remember yeah. correctly, too, he kind of figured out his two-way game a lot more. Like he came a lot farther along than he did. Yeah, he. Than he was, rather. I, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a weird thing. I guess it would have been a bigger deal if it wasn't, like, Winnipeg, if it was a better market. But he was, like... You remember that thing? He was, like, addicted to Fortnite. Was that him? Yeah, it was, like, right. they figured I out that he one, had yeah. played, like... I don't remember what the hours were, but an insane amount of hours of Fortnite yeah. a couple years ago. Uh, and usually video games, it's whatever. You have a lot of time on your hands. But it was, like, a disturbing amount. So I don't know if that factored into him having a big Turn. second and third year slump. <laughs> Yeah, and that's then true. last year obviously being a little bit better, more valuable. Because I mean, uh, when people tweet uh, out those charts, like players' effects, like mm-hmm. as an offensive player in their own zone, yeah. all that stuff, his defensive impacts for his first couple of years were awful, terrible, really terrible. The way actually, I'm but doing. if you're scoring forty goals, it's like yeah, oh, well, well okay. you know, honestly, if you score 110 points in 70 games and you're like literally the worst defender in the league, you're the MVP. True, apparently. I guess that's the case. <laughs> or I mean, I don't know. Maybe one AP writer will uh, give you a vote for the Selkie. So uh, that's off topic. But anyway, yeah, I, I we should talk about the awards because did you see somebody gave Tony D'Angelo Norris votes? Are you are you kidding me? Yeah, that seems insane. Aside from that dude being an idiot, like. He's a really? perfectly fine defenseman. You're going to give him, like, he's not even the best defenseman on his team. He's not even, like, the, he's not, he's the, what, third best defenseman on his team? Behind Fox and... Truba. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, I'd say third. He's solid, but, like, yeah, he's, that's really Yeah, nice. but he, he got, also got walked in the playoffs. Yeah, like, turned, so literally joy. end their uh, playoffs. So their quote-unquote run. Yeah. Um, so, you want to transition to talking about this uh, playoffs thing they've been doing for the past couple months? Let's let's tell you you started off. What do you what have you been making of it? Have you have you enjoyed? Have you been really tuned in? What where where have you been at? Well, I've actually watched a lot of it. Uh it's been solid. Kind of weird, uh especially early on that there were so few well in the playing round, there was only one game five, and it almost didn't happen. And then I don't think there were any seven game series in the first round. Uh since then it's gotten better, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh the the big thing I noticed is the let's say surprise teams on both sides, Dallas and the Islanders craziness i think we should probably be a little bit less surprised with dallas but still a little bit surprised because i don't think that made sense but let Mm -hmm. me explain it last year they made the playoffs 
they won a round. I think they beat Nashville, and then they went seven with the eventual Stanley Cup champions. And I feel like after that, they didn't get much play, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of a weird thing. They were good like four years ago. They, they they were the number one seed in the Western Conference four years ago. Yep. Because uh, they could score like crazy, especially because they had two of the, we'll say at that time, five best offensive players in the league, and mm-hmm. Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. And the rest of their team kind of stuck. And they it was couldn't. a time when scoring in general was down two yes. across the league. Yes, 100%. Um, and their goaltending stunk. Yeah. And that's what sunk them. They also lost to the Blues in seven games that year. Yep. But now... Sagan and Ben aren't that good. Neither of them. I mean, Ben's had a decent playoffs. I think playoffs. people have suggested that Sagan might have a wrist injury. Yes, but I'm just mean in general. Like, oh, yeah. This season, Sagan, just considering, like you mentioned, that scoring was not as high. In 2014-15, Sagan led the league in points per game. Mm-hmm. I think it's 77 points in 71 games. Mm-hmm. And Ben actually led the league in actual points. Now that the te- the guys leading the league in points are having, you know, around 120. Insane yeah, like, numbers. Yeah. yeah, just getting better, like getting back to... We'll say before 1995 levels, to some extent. Uh, They aren't that good. I think second had like 50 points this year. So they're they're two uh, big they're two big guns. They're not nearly as good. But you know, there's a lot of other interesting parts there. Mario Haskinen, one of the best young defensemen in the league. Yep. And then the big thing was Ben Bishop. All of a sudden, Ben Bishop was awesome again. Yep. Uh, So so this is where the surprise part comes in. Ben Bishop has barely played in the playoffs at all. At, yeah. Anton Kudobin has been their goalie. Has somehow, and who is it? Nobody. Amazing. He's yeah. Been. I mean, he's been very now like on and off, but in like, the cup, yeah, just like every surprise. It goalie. was. Ins- he's been. Cra- I mean, like the story itself has been crazy. Yeah. It has been nuts. So yeah, there are some interesting things to it. But on the other side, in the Eastern Conference, you had a uh, Eastern Conference finalist, New York Islanders, who were kind of left for dead two years ago when when Tavares left and Lou took over, and it was like, ah, okay, this is gonna go poorly yeah. so I'm like a bunch of like grit and grind tough you know snap snarl snap the puck around whatever that is mm-hmm. uh, and they made the playoffs last year and swept the Penguins and I mean they got swept in the next round and then this year was weird because they uh, they were really good for a while they won an unbelievable and had a worse goalie too. they had a worse goal I mean yeah, like they let Leonard uh, they let Leonard leave and then Varlamov, Varlamov and they were uh, not good from, like, mm-hmm. December 1st until the shutdown. They were actually very bad, which Dallas actually had a terrible couple weeks before the shutdown, too. But none of that really uh, relates to my main point, which is that both of those teams don't have a lot of offensive talent. And I would—maybe I'm wrong on Dallas here, but I don't think they have a lot of talent overall, period. Uh, but they can stop you. They can stop your talent from doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I would say Dallas has— they have guys. Like, they, I mean, you know, you want to go. Obviously, we mentioned Ben and Sagan. They've been underperforming, but, you know, they have Rupins. They have John Klingberg. They Gary have Heiskening. Really yeah, yeah Gariano for them. Um, Radulov for them has scored a few big goals in the playoffs thus far. Pavelski's um, been good. Pavelski has definitely been. His, like, playoff self has woken up a bit. Corey Perry's not um, been good. No, no, he is not. Um, but they, so, like, they, there is talent there. But for them to come out of the West and of all teams to beat Vegas. Yes. That Shocking. Was, yeah. Shocking. But I think they did a good job of not giving up high-danger chances. And then, meanwhile, Keto Bun is really good. Uh, but that relating this back to the Sabres, what I've noticed about both those teams is it didn't feel like too much of a fluke. The Stars were kind of just because Colorado got extremely hurt against them. 
And then the next round, Vegas, you know, Kudobin kind of st- stood on his head. But it didn't feel like that much of a fluke. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like, let's say, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim for 2003 level fluke. It felt... That best team of all time. It feels a little bit... Yeah. Like, even though scoring is going up, that in some ways you're incentivized, if you're not that talented across your roster, let's say not as talented as Tampa, not even close, mm-hmm. to play like that in the playoffs. Play the way they do. Yeah. Kind of keep shots down. I mean, the Islanders never... They could hit 30 shots in a game. They're going to double overtime and not hitting 30 shots. It was... Craziness. It was insane, yeah. Uh, and it feels like in some ways that's incentivized. And honestly... It's kind of what made, let's say, the last 25 years of hockey kind of suck. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> people kind of blame the 95 Devils for ruining hockey, quote-unquote. Yeah. They actually were the highest-scoring team in the league that season. I mean, they should have beat the really? Stanley Cup. Yeah, they, could, they used to score. Uh, obviously, they've got a that little bit boring over changed, yes, yeah. Yes. But the next year, I think... Because I think there's always copycat stuff in the league but i think teams look at that and go can we do that and it's like well devils had a couple hall of famers mm-hmm. two on defense one in net they had like eliash they had, i mean i don't know if they had eliash in 95 but they had a really talented team <laughs> the next year pittsburgh had the two highest scoring players in the league maybe had the best record in the east and got beat by florida in the conference finals and yeah that was van beesbrook was hot but it was a lot of like clutch, clutch and grab beating up their best guys, mm-hmm. kind of playing right on the edge of the rule book. And that kind of set the tone for hockey. And in no way, really, for at least a decade, did Gary Batman or anyone make any real moves to kind of slow that down or make sure that this wasn't what the game became. And it did become that. Uh, so anyway, it's not the exact same right? now these days. But in some ways, it still is incentivized because they still don't really call the rule book in the playoffs, especially in playoffs over time. They still really don't. They don't. There's no real encouragement to to be like the highest scoring team. Even Tampa's like their additions they made this year, like Blake Coleman. It wasn't like let's get even more scoring. It was like let's get tougher. Yeah, the thing with him though too is that they really picked him up at the right time because he exploded this year. Yeah. I mean, he I, he had never scored at the pace that he was scoring this year, um, and it just kind of was like you know out of nowhere like a ways into the season you were just, you, you know like you look at like a score sheet or whatever and you're like holy shit Blake Coleman has 20 goals like what is going on and then yeah. all, then they just get him um and then they definitely I would say I mean of course don't get me wrong he's a very important complimentary piece but you know a first round pick for Barclay Goudreau um but I guess that's the thing when you when you had you know previously Yeiserman and then you have a, a GM like Breezewell who has been able to keep his guys for great yeah. contracts, like great contracts. Like the Braden Point contract is insane to me right now, um, and to everybody, of course. Um, but when you have that, it gives you the flexibility to make moves like that. For me too, like just looking at this series, like I definitely agree with everything you're saying with Dallas. I think for me, like when it comes to Tampa, though. You know, it's kind of like the the Capitals effect from a few years ago, where there it's this team that perennially like just kicks ass in the regular yep. season. I mean, last year there was no shadow of a doubt when it came to talent and results. Tampa Bay was the best team in the NHL. They ended up losing to Columbus, and that was obviously like a crazy series, really entertaining, um, wild story. But like. They were just breaking records left and right and just blowing teams out of the water. I mean, <clears throat> so then, it, you know, to kind of see them this year, you know, 
without their captain, without Steven Stamkos, um, do what they're doing right now and the way that they've been able to kind of get here, you know, and it obviously helps when you have, uh, you know, a lineup as deep as they do. But let's keep in mind that they give minutes to Zach Bogosian. So, like, you yeah. don't know what can happen with this team. Yeah. Um, and as much as it pains me as I don't want Zach Bogosian to win a Stanley Cup, like, I just I, – I, whatever kind of fatigue, I guess you want to call it, like, I just – I want Tampa to win this series because it's like – I feel like they've paid their dues. Like yeah. they've been there. Like yeah. they have been around. They, you know, they they made a cup already. Obviously, they didn't win a handful. Of, what year was that? Twenty fifteen. Okay, yeah, yeah. twenty fifteen. Like they made it. Um, didn't get their win, and and they still have managed to, you know, through pretty masterful front office work, build a team that is nothing short of a powerhouse i mean their team is incredible their fourth line is uh, other teams would be like a really really good third line and that's just their fourth line like they can roll all their lines i mean obviously john cooper we know is a great coach veslevsky it goes without saying that he's one of the top three best goalies in the in the nhl um they have star power they have everything like just these guys they deserve to win they are the best team and you know they deserve to win the cup, and that's yeah. It, so it's just where I'm sitting with it yeah. at this point. Kind of going back to what I said a little bit. When you look at this cup, it's hard for me to see like, okay, let's just be Tampa Bay. Here's the thing: we'll do. We'll just draft incredibly well, yeah. all the way through the draft, and only make good moves for like a decade, and that'll work out. And mm-hmm. like when we get guys like top picks like Stamkos and Hedman, they'll be really good. But yeah, so no. No, the Sabres can't do that for a no, lot of reasons. No, no. Almost no one can. They've never had a... They also haven't had like a Braden Point second round pick like kind right. of thing too where it's Kucherov like a legitimate game break. Yeah, like you have two... Tyler Johnson top end, round pick. Yeah, right. These guys who are picked all over the place and yeah. they've just been able to do it, you know? Like they've made the right picks. Well, they, um, they also had a, a bad pick. They, I forgot about this, but they picked Jonathan Drew in fourth overall, mm. who's not good, but they traded That him. turned into Sergachev. Yep. Yep. Which who knows what Sergachev is going to turn into because who knows? I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to resign him this offseason with him being an RFA and they have money that's going to have to go around because you have to think Anthony Sorelli is going to be the main priority there for them to resign. Yeah. <clears throat> with that being said, yes, Tampa Bay, we will take Mikhail Sergachev off of your hands. Please enjoy this uh, worn, torn Rasmus Ristolainen. Lightly used. <laughs> so. What I'm getting at here is, could you see the Sabres doing what the Islanders and Dallas said? Because we talked about Ugh. this a lot last year. They actually did a good job of preventing high-danger chances. The problem was goaltending. Yeah. So the things I think that... Th- there are some consistencies there, too. Because when you look at like a guy like Barry Trotz and his... I guess, you know, like his legend, I guess, and what he is able to bring to teams, it's that he maximizes the rosters that he's given. Oh yeah. Um don't get me wrong, like the Islanders definitely have like some quality players on their team, but like they also had some guys who are on the other ends of their career who definitely aren't as much of impact players as they maybe once were. Um but Trotz is able to make the most out of it and you know I think a big thing with the Islanders, you know, like is culture is a big thing that you talk about, like hard working. It's always synonymous with each other. Yeah. And I think that that's something that you we've seen Ralph Kruger try to kind of instill with this team. Obviously to uh putting it lightly, not as successful of a, you know, degree as as the Islanders have, but there at least is that there. Another thing that is a, a consi- like a 
a common thread between Dallas and, and the Islanders and then what the Sabres would need to do um, is just have a goalie that can get hot and you just don't have that right now. Like you've, I mean, you had that with yeah. the Islanders the past two years where you had the, the duos of um, Grice and Varlamov this year and last year it was Grice and, and Laner. And so you have them. Um, Dallas, Ben Bishop, one of the, his, you know, the past handful of years has been one of the best goalies in the league. He goes down, Anton... Anton Hudobin steps in. Yeah, Hudobin makes me think that Olmar could do it. Right, well, it's a possibility. He's not, any, he's not any better. Right, but I think the thing is, though, with those two teams, you have two goalies who can contribute there, like, should yes. you need them to. Uh, I, I get what you're saying. Um, Are you saying that we don't? And we don't have that, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And so that's what I'm saying. If you can get a guy, like, if, and let's be clear here, you know, I know we have UPL waiting in the wings, um, but as we all know, goalies are no, voodoo. He plays for the Amherst. Of course. Wings. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, no, but we know we know goalies are voodoo. You don't know, um, you know. And I mean, along with UPL, like even Eric Portillo looks really good right now. We just don't know. I mean, obviously, we think UPL is going to be like the next big thing for us and going to be our franchise goalie. But you just don't know. So he's young still. You give him all the time he needs in seasoning. You know, if you make a move, like you can give him as much time as you need if you make a move for. A guy like Darcy Kemper or Jacob Markstrom, where you can have them here for, let's say, like the next like three years. We'll put it at that. Um, if that's like a best case scenario, or four years, where you know you have a workout where Allmark, if you give him a one year deal or a two year deal, whatever, once he his time here is done, makes the way perfectly paved way for UPL to come in. <clears throat> you start to work him in a bit, similar to what you know a lot of like the, like successful teams do, where you you are able to you're not relying on a goalie to come and save you. You know you know not everybody's going to be Carter Hart where they can just step in and in their first and second year like contribute in the way that he has. Maybe UPL will be that guy. Maybe he won't. But at least this way you have the insurance policy that you know you have two guys who yeah they're around thirty but they are still young enough. They both have recent success. I mean, Kemper was great this year. Markstrom had stretches where he was great this year. And it allows you to be able to not have to worry about it. And if you have a guy who's maybe slumping, then you can look to the other guy and say, all right, you're up. Let's see what you got. And then it helps you just at least like, I don't know, I guess what I'm getting at, and I, I know I made the point already, but you know, you need it would be helpful if we had two guys that you can rely on night to night because flat out they just don't with Carter Hutton. Like you yes. can't rely on him. And I don't care to find out if his LASIK eye surgery is going to help him see the puck better. Let another team be the one to find that out. Move on from him and go get a goalie. Like you need to. Um, and I think beyond that, you know, looking at parallels between those teams, um, as I had said before, both Dallas and the Islanders have guys who are a little bit on the older side and they're on the other sides of their careers, but it helps them fill out their lineup um, and they can contribute to an extent in the role at which they're given. You know, the Eric Stahl move is kind of that because obviously he's on the other end of his career and he's more of a, he's a different case because he's going to step in and be asked to kind of fill a big role. Yes. Um, but it's kind of similar to how Dallas was looking at Pavelski, you know? Yeah, um, true, yeah. And, and the Islanders, too. I mean, they have a lot of guys who now are, are a little bit older, you know, like Jordan Eberle is getting up there. He's definitely on the other end of his career right now. Um, you know, even on the blue line, like Letty and, uh, and, and Boychuk. Um, these are guys that are older, and they're clearly not what they used to be, but at the very least, they are still serviceable. So more than it just being like, a, a, you know, an experience thing, it's, it's depth and having actual real depth. And the Sabres just like don't have... They, they just haven't had four lines that they've been able to run. 
Um, so to me, like those are kind of like the three things. It's having the coach that can kind of instill like the style of play. It's the consistency in your goaltending, and then it's the depth up and down, up and down your lineup. Because as we have seen, those three things have been able to make up for lackluster star power, I guess, on these teams. But the great catch for Buffalo is is that you do have the star power. Yep. You, I would take. I mean, obviously, I would take Jack Eichel over damn near almost anybody in the league. But on top of that, like you have Reinhardt, who's going to be a perennial sixty to seventy point guy. You have Jeff Skinner, who conceivably should get back to being a thirty goal guy. You're going to have Eric Stahl, who's going to be able to put up fifty points for you this year. You have Rasmus Dahlin, who is blossoming in and should take a huge step next year. Hopefully they take the reins off of him and let him play more of his game. But, like, he's a high-end guy there. Henry Yokiharu is, like, going to hopefully take another step. You have Victor Olison, who is, like, a stud right now. Dylan Cousins is about to be here. So, like, you have impact players. And a top-ten pick. And a top-ten pick this year, which who knows who they're going to get. I mean, if some things go crazy in, like, the first round— uh, in the first seven picks before we're up at eight and somehow Lucas Raymond falls to us and then, all right, cool, then a year from now we're going to have a cost-controlled top, like legit top six scoring forward that we can just plug in. Same yeah. thing can be said probably with like Marco Rossi too if he ends up falling there. Um, or, you know, worst case scenario, air quotes worst, you end up taking the safe two-way guy in Anton Lindell who is labeled as safe, but as we've talked about and I believe we talked to... Um, chat about this when we had Chad and Anthony on you know like Lindell also has some solid scoring ability too he has solid scoring touch and offensive ability so you know you're gonna have the opportunity to put in a top 10 pick that no matter who you take probably not this year it'll be a a Dylan Cousins situation where you give them one more year of seasoning and then next year boom you're good to go and even in like a worst case scenario I mean I still like him he wouldn't be my first choice for who they should take but even like if you get an Alexander Holtz like there are options for these really good guys in the draft. So they, yes. it, they shouldn't miss the playoffs next year. I mean, like regardless of that, just as like a philosophical thing, like you shouldn't go 10 years in a row. You shouldn't go nine. You shouldn't go eight. You shouldn't go any amount of years in a row without missing the playoffs. But like this is the year you got to avoid that. Yeah. So And, so, and they're primed to. Got a little quiz. Give it to me. All right. So wow, we haven't done one in a while. I'm yeah. going to be a little rusty, I bet. But well, let's this, do this it. This is an easy one. I okay. Think, or okay. easier. Okay. Uh, so Leon Dreisaitl won the Hart Trophy this year. That was announced last week. He also won the Art Ross. Mm. Uh, and some people were upset about that on Twitter. I don't get upset because who cares? But he's probably. I don't think he should have won the Hart. Absolutely not. No. He. No. Who do you think should have won it? I think it was a fair, fair decision to make it McKinnon. Hellebuck or Panarin. Yep, me too. That was my top three. I would, I personally would have probably given it to Panarin, honestly, for just like yeah, because like that Rangers team Stuck. had a lot of issues. Yeah, and he well, dragged and put yeah. up insane numbers. For his them. numbers, his basically on off splits, <laughs> yeah. which you don't see a lot. I, I'm a big proponent of using that more in hockey, mm-hmm. but like they were like an, like the goal differential. I don't know the exact stat, but it's insane at, at five on five. With him and without him. Right. Uh, McKinnon, Colorado lost almost everyone at some point in time this year. Mm-hmm. Except for McKinnon. And McKinnon was there the entire time and he had an awesome year again. And then uh, Hellebuck, uh, his defense was awful. Horrible. Yeah, that's a that's a bottom five team if not for him. Outside of Neil Poink, I mean, 
Yeah. Nobody? Like, <laughs> Dmitry Kulikov? What? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they're playing a lot of him. So, looking at the art wrong, people were just saying... A little like, uh, Morrissey was yeah. good for them. But go ahead. People were saying, like, oh, why don't they just give it to the guy with the most points every year? Like, it's so dumb. It's... But, so I'm looking at this. Uh, the art Ross, as we, we've mentioned before at a previous quiz, from 1980 to 2002, it was won by three guys. Yeah. Uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Yager. Since then, it's been a lot more varied. No one's won it more than twice. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, set the since then, since 02. Or, oh, yeah, 01. Sorry, it was 80 to 01. I'm going to go through, and you're going to say if they won uh, the Hart Trophy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's do it. 2002, Jerome McGinnell won with 96 points. He did win the Hart Trophy that year. Right, I'm pretty sure you're incorrect, but really, I, I mean, thought he did I'm that make season. Make sure here, real quick. I probably should add another list up, but I'm that just going to go off the top of my head idea. on these. So no, that's okay. I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, let me go with the Hart Trophy winners here. Uh, so, I believe, but before I look at this, that why don't I just pull it up on my computer? I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's see here. No, he didn't. Who no. won that year? Jose Theodore. I was going to oh, say. Oh, son of a. Mm. I was going to say Pronger. Pronger was actually in 2000. Aginla never won a Hart Trophy? Nope. A lot of unfair things. Why did I think that? I th- I could have sworn. What was the... And then you said that was 2002? Yep. I should have known regardless that that was the year that Jose Theodore won, so that's my own fault. Okay. 03. I'm rusty, folks. All right, 03. Who do we got? Peter Forsberg. No. Yes. He did? Really? Yeah. All right, we'll see now I'm... Yeah, honestly, weird, weird line. Only 29 goals, but he had 77 assists. Wow. Good okay. year for him. Good, for Good him. year for him, yeah. Uh, 2003-2004, Martin San Luis. He did. Yes. 2004-2005, the season was canceled. 2005-2006, mm. Joe Thornton. That's a yes, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. He should have got... He had 96 assists. It was amazing that year, yeah. He should have gotten it insane. just for getting Jonathan Chichu 60 goals. 56 mm-hmm. goals, I think it was. Mm-hmm. 2006-2007, Sidney Crosby. Sidney the Kidney. Yeah, he did that year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 2007-2008, the 65-goal season for Alex Ovechkin. He did that year. That's correct. 2008-2009, Evgeny Melkin had 113 points. And he won it that year also, didn't he? No, he did not. Ovechkin repeated. Okay. All right, moving on. 2009-10. The Outross winner was Henrik Sedin with 112 points. Did he win the heart, though? I remember him leading, but I don't... No. He won. He did? I'm horrible with this. Wow. 2010-11, his brother Daniel, Daniel then did. had 104 points. And he didn't win, right? One of them did. Or did one You're of correct. Yeah, he okay. I win. knew one of them. Right, who won? Well, fuck. Um, what year again? This is 2011. This would be the, is this the Malkin year then? No. Damn it. Oh, you're close, though. Who? Corey Perry. Corey Perry? Oh, he put up 50 I don't know why year. I said you were close. <laughs> he put up 50 that year. 2011-12, the Art Ross winner was Evgeny Malkin. And then that was the year he won. Yes. Okay. Uh, I knew With he that, had one Corey in there. Perry had like a crazy finish to the season. And I think a lot of people were expecting Sedin to win it. And Sedin won the... I'm forgetting what's called. Is it the Jennings? The one that William the players... William Jennings Bryant one or whatever. Yeah. The Jennings trophy. William Jennings, Jennings Bryant yeah. was the anti-evolution guy, I believe. 
pretty wrong about that. Am I really? I thought, I don't know why. All right, well, yeah, mind. look up William Jennings Bryan. I'm yeah. pretty sure uh, he was like, like say, early 1900s. But I could be mixing him up with someone else. <laughs> I think I'm so wrong. I'm sorry. Jesus. But it's a Jennings Trophy, yeah, the player's MVP. Yeah, Secretary of State. Well, I could be wrong about who he is, but, you know, it's been a while since AP U.S. history. All right. In the lockout short in 2012-2013 season, Martin St. Louis had 60 points and won the Art Ross. Uh, No, he didn't win the Hart, though, that year. You're correct. Nice. Alex Ovechkin. Yes, won. yes. All right. Uh, 2013-14, Sidney Crosby uh, won the Art Ross. And he 100. also won the Hart. He did. 2014-15, Jamie Benn won the heart, or excuse me, didn't he won the Art Ross, I'm saying. He had 87 points. He didn't win the heart? Did you just say that? Well, I was saying he won the Art Ross. Oh, okay. Um, he won the Art Ross, but I don't think he won the heart trophy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Carey Price. It was Carey Price. Wow. 2015-16, Patrick Kane had 106 points. And he did win the heart. He did. Yeah. 2016-17, Connor McDavid had 100 points. And he did win the heart. Or no, wait. 16-17, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did win the heart. Yeah. yeah. 2017-18, Connor McDavid had 108 points. He did win the heart. Wrong. Taylor Hall. Oh, my God. Ugh. 2018-19. See, now I'm just... Nikita Kucherov. At 128 points. Yeah, I'm going to say he won the heart. He did. Yeah. <laughs> and then Let's go to a zillion year. points. Yeah, it's your title this year. Uh, Not my best. See, probably like four or five to, wrong. Uh, San Luis in 2013. If I'm not mistaken, William Crosby was running away with uh, the Art Ross that year. Mm-hmm. And probably the heart. And he got hit by a Brooks or Pick slap shot. Ooh. Broke his jaw. Didn't come back to the playoffs. I don't know if you remember that. I do, I do. That was in his uh, series of maladies in the middle of his career because he absolutely <laughs> could have won four hour Rosses, four or five. He led the league in points per game like four or five times. Mm. But multiple years just destroyed by injury, er, wow. injuries. Sorry. Well, this quiz really had everything, you know. We had historical facts. We had statistics. We had confusing former United States secretaries of state well, with... looking at this now, I was right. He was anti-evolution. He's the, the, the Scopes trial. Okay, well, maybe William Jennings was also then from the NHL award. <laughs> Who knows? All right, maybe well... Maybe he hates evolution, too. Maybe he does. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, boy. Well, that was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to do this. Um, any any last thoughts on anything to share at all here, Taylor? Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. You're, so. you're goddamn right. 3-0, and folks. Josh Allen, what the hell is going on? He's been good. He's so tall. He's been, He's so tall and, and, and so good. Um, I'm surprised. I'm eating my words for sure. I was not a believer for... Back in back on draft day, um, but uh, he's he's sure as hell grown on me. So yeah, uh, I think if you want to go back and find it, any listeners, there's an old episode of Rickstam Views. Oh boy, uh, from 2018, from the spring, where we both say like, "Hey, the Bills draft any of these quarterbacks except Josh Allen." Yep, draft Mason Rudolph. <laughs> But I think if you go back, you'll find that we're very wrong about Josh Allen. But I think I said some nice things about uh, Lamar Jackson in there. 
Oh yeah, we both were very on very Lamar pro Lamar Jackson. Jackson. So we're right about some things. Yeah, really wrong on Josh Allen. Really, really wrong on Josh Rosen. But I still feel like he hasn't gotten a fair share. Not that I'm trying to say that for like uh, I was, but like he started off with Arizona for a year and yeah. was put in a terrible situation, playing behind a horrible, horrible, probably the worst offensive line of the league. Yeah, and then he, he had goes to live to, in Glendale. And then folks. He, yeah, right. And then he goes to exactly. Miami with with. Like what? Like I mean, yeah, lost his job to Fitz. Right. So he really has not gotten a very fair shake, in my opinion. Um, I would be curious to see where he does end up because he's still what? He's the backup for Miami, still, right? He hasn't gotten anywhere. Uh, that's a great question. I should look that up. I was wondering um, where he was because I didn't see him. Because the backup for Miami right now has to be Tua. Oh yeah, actually, where is he? Is Let's he somewhere else? I forgot if he did. Let's see where Josh Rosen is. Right, Josh Rosen is the third quarterback for Tampa Bay. Right, that's what it was. Yes, he's with the Buccaneers. Still only 23. Yep, he's young. Yeah, He's got time. He's literally 20 years younger than their starter. Wow, that's scary. All right, well, this has been good. I'm glad we got to, to catch up and, and chat a bit, Taylor. It's, yeah. it's been far too long since we got to yeah. spew our nonsense, so this has been a lot of fun. All right, yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about evolution, and I think next week we're going to bring up phrenology, Ooh. if anyone's interested. We're really, so. yeah, we're going to have, that's going to be the new part of Straight Up Sabres, is that we're just going to bring in just random facts, and also Joe Rogan is going to be joining yeah, us. Yeah, that's the big reason for yeah. the, uh, the switch up of the branding, so... He'll be here next week. He just said, uh, I can't take that name. You got to switch it. And we were like, Joe, you're the boss. That's right. I don't know why you're here in Brendan's nope. living room. But no idea what you're doing here or how you got in, but you're here right now. You, you look a little scary. No, no so. I've never tried DMT. <laughs> why do you ask? <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, well, before we uh, sign off, I think it's also important uh, that we give a quick shout out to one of the very cool shows that is a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Tales with TR, with uh, hosted by former NHLer Terry Ryan. Last season, yeah. or this past season, Terry joined the Hockey Podcast Network uh, and has his own podcast, which will be found on any platform that you use for streaming. Um, he has been featured, I believe, he was on an episode of Spit and Chicklets. He's been on, he's been pretty much making a name for himself with his with his podcast, and so we're very. Uh, you know, very cool having him on the network, having a part of it. His show is incredibly entertaining. Um, very cool stories. So uh, be sure to go check it out. Uh, check out all of our shows, actually, at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or, uh, again, through any streaming service that you use. You could find shows for each of the other uh, 30 NHL teams, probably soon to be 31 other NHL teams once we get our new Seattle team, uh, Seattle right, show yeah. in the in the fold about here. a year from now, probably. Probably about a year from now. Um, but be, be sure to check it out, you know, especially too, if you're trying to kind of get a little bit more up to date on what's going on with the cup, a little bit more of like an on the ground, uh, you know, voice on that rather than maybe if you're just used to hearing a lot of like the national commentary, um, be sure to check it out. You know, the Tampa show is great. We have Dallas show. Again, we have a team for every, or a show rather for every team in the league. So again, hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Check them out on Twitter at hockeypodnet. Uh, you could find us on Twitter now at uh, Straight Sabers is our new at. Uh, so be sure to check that out. We're also and also check out all the Facebook other Buffalo uh, Fanatics podcasts. That's what I was just about to get to. That yeah, Buffalo Fanatics. Be sure to check out all of their awesome podcasts. Um, you know, follow them as well on on Twitter and on social media. They've of course with the Bills being awesome now, um, have been pumping out some great content there. So super excited for this this new 
phase of the show, um, this new phase for our podcasting careers. I think we also are going to have some uh, some pretty cool announcements to come too about some future stuff going on with the networks. So that's going to be a little bit down the line, but there's some exciting things in the works right now that uh, I think is is you know just going to help both of the networks grow and 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 get even better than they already are now, which is you know a baseline level of just being pretty damn good. So uh, pretty damn great, rather. So right. very excited about the future. Uh, you know, and again, everybody, if you're not already, be sure you're following us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on the streaming platform of your choice. Uh, you know, I think now with the off season a month out, you're going to be hearing from Taylor and I a bit more, whether you like it or not. Um, but we're excited to be back. We're excited to, you know, start recording and we're not going to be, you know, as consistent, obviously, as we're still just finishing up the playoffs and everything, but things are going to start ramping up. And I know I could speak for both of us when I say we're really excited to be back. Well, I don't think you can speak for both of us. All right, I won't. <laughs> I'll speak for me. Yeah, everybody who's been, yeah, everybody who's continued to follow us though and, and hang on. I know it's been a little, little wacky with the break and everything, and uh, you know, with everything happening with coronavirus right now, and just like in the world in general, you know, with uh, like the Black Lives Matter movement, it's just been a, a crazy time in the world, and you know, we're just sending our best to everybody and, and hoping that. You know, everyone's hanging in there, staying safe, uh, and, and just doing well, and, and you know, sending, uh, sending, sending our support to the fans. Good vibes. Good vibes only on this podcast, That's folks. Right. All right. Well, Taylor, any last thoughts to share? Yes, we got to end with our former, random former Sabres player. Of our the week. random former Sabres player of the week. Oh, how I have missed this. All right, are you ready to roll? Yep. Okay. Here we go, everybody. Well, thank you again for tuning in. Without further ado, our first ever Random Sabres Player of the Week as a part of Straight Up Sabres, we are going to share with you now in three, two, one, Bob Daniel Pae. 